following is a presentation of Main Street Media, your source for news, sports, and information on Main Street in Middle Tennessee. Welcome into a hump day edition of Main Street Sports. Today on the program, we'll chat with Heather Williams, WCYB TV, a little NASCAR conversation. Also, NCAA hoops, Kennedy Chandler to the NBA, uh, Tennessee State and Notre Dame, big announcement today. Actually, yesterday, we'll have more details. Paul Newberry with the Associated Press talking a little Braves baseball ahead of opening day. Plus, it's wild and wacky Wednesday. Now to a couple of wacky guys of their own right, the Hall of Famer and Sports Writer of the Year who never sleeps, Bo Patton, and the Sundrop Kid from Alabama, Chris Yow. What's going on, everybody, on this wild and wacky Wednesday? What a Wednesday it has already been. If you are not paying attention, we've got a huge story coming at you straight out of Murfreesboro. We'll get to it. All right, Hermitage. Well, okay. That's right. It was the Zoom meeting today. Mm-hmm. I forget that. Stupid Zoom. <laughs> it's all good. We'll get to it soon We enough. will. But a lot to get to, like a ton. And so let's jump in. What do you say? First thing, though, normally we would do this backwards, but we're going to go back to the old way. Flip it, reverse it. Uh, we've got a short rundown today, but we want to get to it as quickly as we can. So we're going to send it back to JP to give you yesterday's results and today's schedule as best we have it on the rundown. This is the rundown. All right. Uh, a light schedule and scores in college baseball. Vanderbilt over Austin P 16-2 yesterday. It was Western Kentucky 9-8 over Belmont and Tennessee, number one team of the country. Defeats Lipscomb five to one. Sixteenth ranked Vanderbilt won twelve to two. Just FYI. Okay. There you go. Uh, in college softball, like, where'd you get sixteen from? But now I see oh, where sorry. you got sixteen. Sorry. From. Yeah. Vandy won. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. There you go. That's all that matters. Um, college softball yesterday. Ole Miss <laughs> took two from TSU, shutting them out ten nothing, seventeen nothing. In um, Minor League Baseball, Triple A, the Sounds opening day. Hey, hey, a walk off, five to four. They get the win on opening night. Corey Ray in Germantown. Doing yeah, good yeah. for the Sounds. Um, I think we brought them good luck from earlier in the week. That's what we're going with. NHL last night, the Preds hung six on the Wild. Another yeah. six in the column. Sixers all around. Uh, yep. NBA, the uh, Jazz get the win in overtime over the Grizzlies, uh, 121-115. On the schedule today, Columbia Central at Summit tonight, 630. Ravenwood at Independence, 630. Both of those baseball. Softball, first pitch today, Ravenwood at Independence at 5. Also at 5, Santa Fe at Cornersville. And Columbia Central at Laverne at but 6. But check your local listings. Check your local listings for those. And hopefully check your local listings for scores from yesterday as they appear, if they do. So there you go. That is the abbreviated rundown, because we got some big news to talk about. Yes. Yes, we do. Today's top story is a a pretty big one, and it's 
it's a bittersweet day, especially for us. Um, last week, last Thursday, matter of fact, we spoke with TWSAA Executive Director Bernard Childress. He did not tell us. Yeah, we could have bro- we could have broken that news and gotten all of this out of the way. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, but uh, Mo, tell us what we've learned. Well, we have learned that. <laughs> Less than a week after he visited with us, um, his next visit with us will be as retiring or retired executive director of the TSSAA, Bernard Childress, who announced um, at a special called Board of Control meeting today that he will wind up his 13-year tenure on June 30th. So he will serve through spring fling and, and basically through the rest of the TSSAA calendar year. So, Columbia native Bernard Childress, Columbia Central Hall of Fame member, um, Belmont University Athletics Hall of Famer, and 27-year TSSAA employee Bernard Childress will step down at the end of June, Um, has served again as executive director of that organization for the last 13 years after spending 14 as an assistant executive director and um, certainly been a friend to this show um, for its entirety, been a friend to me pretty much for the overwhelming majority of my sports journalism career. And so um, he'll certainly be missed in that role, but you certainly can't argue with his reasons. He's got um, a couple of grandchildren that he's – going to go spend some time with and any grandparent out there can appreciate that. You know, when we, when we got this news, it was a little surprising. And, but then once you talk to uh, Bernard, it, you didn't realize that he'd been doing this for 41 years. You don't realize that he'd been at the TSSAA for 27 of his 41 years in education and, you know, athletic administration. You don't realize that he's 66 years old. He certainly doesn't look it or he doesn't act it. You know what I mean, (laughs) when you, so it just, it kind of took us by surprise. But then when you take all that information into account, the, the grandkids, you know, as you've said so many times, you know, your parents and your kids' grandparents are not the same they're folks. Not, they're not the same people. So, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you want to be – I see a change in my, my parents, you know, and, and how they treat Charlie. So I don't blame him, man. And this is one of the things I love that he said was, you know, talking about you know, being able to go to a ball game and enjoy it without having to deal with – all the questions that come with being the executive director of the TSSAA. You know, you get a chance to go and watch actually watch kids. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's, it's a different mindset. And so congratulations to him, a, a storied career. Fantastic. He, he oversaw so many positive things in, in the TSSAA. So he will be greatly missed. There's no question, but he already has a successor. He does indeed. Um, They did not take long to come up with that. Mark Reeves, who has been at the state office since 2008, I believe, after previously teaching and coaching at his alma mater, Springfield High School, and former guests on the first takedown, um, will be, has been voted 
by unanimous vote of the Board of Control, 12 nothing, as the successor to, uh, to that role of executive director coming in behind Bernard beginning on July 1st. So looking forward to that and, and to continuing our relationship with him as well. He's, I mean, both great guys, and, and Bernard will certainly be missed, and Mark will be great. And, again, looking forward to that. Yeah, no question. Uh, Stephen Bargatze, who is a, uh, I guess a, a administrator in the TWSWA office. That's I'm not sure what exactly I'm not sure exactly what his title, title is. is, but he has been a what is fixture. it you, exactly you say you do here? <laughs> <laughs> he's he's kind of always all all around. Like mm-hmm. I mean, if you need something. Ask Steve. And he, he's he's your guy. Help you. So <laughs> hang on a minute. We're going to answer this. We're going to find out. We had a great quote about uh, the continuity that the TWSWA will have uh, with Mark Reeves at the helm of the TWSWA because again, Mark's been there, and it's it's kind of been tradition to just promote from within at that position. So, uh, but he he did <laughs> Stephen Bargatze. Stephen Bargatze, Director of Student Services for there the TWSWA. And father of comedian Nate Bargatze, and you'll see in momentarily where Nate gets his humor, said, quote, the only thing that's going to change with Mark is the name on the affidavit when we get sued. <laughs> and that is a that is a phenomenal quote. It, is uh, that black humor or what? I mean, that's yeah. Yeah, obtained, I assume, obtained, right? Russell Venosi tweeted it. Yeah. So I want to give credit to our, our colleague, Russell V there. But yeah. That's about right. I mean, again, continuity, it's something the TWSWA has done for, for years. And years yeah, they, it, they, in the article that we've got up on Main Street Murray and Main Street Preps, um, they have had four people in the position of executive secretary slash executive director um, since that position was instituted in 1946. AF Bridges held the position from 1946 to 1972. Um, Gil Gideon from 1972 to 1986. Ronnie Carter, another former wrestling coach, actually, um, from 1986 until his retirement in 2009. And then, of course, Bernard Childress from 2009 until June 30th. So, I mean, you've seen double-digit tenures out of that position for each of the four people that have held it. And... Mark is in his mid to late 40s, I believe, and so he's pretty well positioned to continue that long-term, you don't want to say reign, but to serve long-term in that position, which I think is a good thing. Um, One thing that was not pointed out in the article that we have up on the website, and it's pretty... um, Noteworthy, I think. Um, let me get to it real quick. Um, Bernard Childress is one of three African Americans to have ever held the position of executive director of a high school athletic association nationally, um, following Lewis Stout of the Kentucky High School Athletic Association and Jerome Singleton of the South Carolina High School League. And now there's a fourth, Alvin Briggs in the Alabama High School Athletic Association. 
Okay. So thanks for the update there. Yeah. Uh, he 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 was named last year, I believe, to succeed after Doctor Severis. Yeah. Severis. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that still that's a short list and great company. Absolutely. So. Yeah. All right, we need to take a break because we have Heather Williams coming up, and we're going to talk a little NASCAR as a lot of folks didn't love last week's race, but there were a lot of things to love about it if you really paid attention. We'll let Heather tell you why you should have loved it and what to expect this weekend at Martinsville. And why you should have been paying attention. Huh? Well, it, you, it was a strategy race. It wasn't a an action race. you know. And you got to have some of those on occasion, you know. So we'll, she'll tell you why you should have loved it and why, what to expect at Martinsville. So should be fun. We'll be back on Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint after this from our sponsors. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net. Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, a look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931 388 5731 and schedule your tour today. Are you an enthusiastic sports fan? Want to have fun and get in on the action? Heck yes, that'd be awesome. Have great attention to detail? Want to stay active? Definitely. Want to give back to the student athletes in your community? Obviously, yes. Then you'd make an excellent high school sports official. We need more officials in Tennessee. Because with no high school officials, there are no high school sports. Sign up today at highschoolofficials.com. Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid Tennessee Bone and Joint. Chris Yao, Mo Patton, JP Plant here on this wild and wacky Wednesday, bringing you the most timely and comprehensive sports coverage across the state of Tennessee in this segment, specifically as we reach to Bristol and 
bring in our weekly NASCAR guest, Heather Williams from WCYB-TV out in Bristol. But as has been the case over the last couple of weeks, um, we'll start this segment with a little non-NASCAR news as Tennessee High School has its fourth head coach in a calendar year, Heather. I mean, what's, why wouldn't you love a little excitement in three head coaching searches uh, in one year? Um, they've got their guy, though, now. The guy that they, they hired, uh, wide receivers coach, uh, he's been in the program for a long time. He's a Tennessee High grad. Probably should have went this direction to begin with, but uh, they finally have their guy. Well, it's it's hard to turn down a college coach. I get that, but you should have turned down the college coach. Should, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Right, for sure. I mean, I'm sure that was, you know he was the shiny object in the room, and you're you're drawn to him. But um, I have had a lot of conversation with the new coach. One of my colleagues actually went out to the to the press conference to say I didn't go. But um, I mean, he's excited about Tennessee High, and and sometimes that enthusiasm and, and that that brought, that want to really be there means more than any college coaching experience. No question. So congratulations to Tennessee High for finally getting their guy. But uh, I just thought – No, and, and to be fair, to be fair, uh, the coach that they had last year during the regular season was always just an interim coach. He's a longtime defensive coordinator. He has no had no desire to be the head coach, um, but they got to – August they didn't have a coach, so he offered to step in for a year. So to be fair, it's really only like the third third. <laughs> gotcha. O- only the third coach in the calendar year. Okay. Yeah, only the third. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh, well, never mind yeah. then. Yeah. We thought we we thought I mean, we had it bad with two head coaches and uh, and an interim here within the last nine months, but you know, mm. it is what it is. But uh, moving into NASCAR, Heather. Uh, Hall of Fame, NASCAR Hall of Fame unveiled the ballot for its 2023 class on Monday. They added four names to the list of 15 nominees. Matt Kenseth uh, joins the list on the Modern Era ballot. And then Tim Brewer, legendary crew chief, two-time Cup Series champion. And then in the Pioneer ballot, Sam Ard, who was uh, an early star and champion in what is basically the Xfinity Series now. And, And A.J. Foyt, who was a Daytona 500 winner in 1972 and obviously made quite an impact in other areas of motorsports. But I have a question. How in the world has Harry Hyde not been elected to the NASCAR Hall of Fame? This guy brought NASCAR to pop culture with Days of Thunder. Well, I mean, if I'm being completely fair, I don't have a Hall of Fame vote. I'm not that important in the sport, but it seems to me that the committee has a, how do I say this diplomatically, an, an unhealthy fascination with more recent NASCAR Recency figures. bias. Yeah. Gets you every time. And so, I, yeah, uh, I mean, I wrote, I wrote a blog about it, I don't know, it's probably been five years ago, that they're just too infatuated and I, I think it's because, you know, for a while the Hall of Fame was struggling. I think it's doing all right now. But to attract current fans, you have to have people that they know. And so they just got really obsessed with getting Tony Stewart in immediately, which he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer. But Junior didn't necessarily have to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. 
I'm not sure he so, is a Hall of uh, Famer, but hey, who am I and what do he, I know? I mean, the thing with Junior is, um, if you put, if you base it strictly on his Cup career, then no. But NASCAR will be the first person to tell you that the NASCAR Hall of Fame yeah. across all series and across things other than just being on the track. So I think if you take him as a whole, then yeah. But I don't think he necessarily had to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. Like, eventually, sure. But first ballot, yeah, I not when you've got not when you only induct two people from a list that includes Neil Bonnet, you know, Harry Gant, Harry Hyde, Ricky Rudd, Rudd, which I'm not a big Ricky Rudd fan, but that's neither here nor there. But but his resume is comparable. He is. Absolutely. So, you know, like him or don't like him. I mean, if you look at the numbers, the numbers say that he should be in before junior. So, I I mean, you're not going to get me to defend. Things like Harry Hyde not being in the Hall of Fame because, honestly, it should have happened a long time ago. I mean, I, you know, I lobbied for probably three or four years before they finally put Wendell Scott in the Hall of Fame. And I think it's ridiculous that they're trying to put Janet Guthrie in the Hall of Fame as a, as a, whatever that pioneer award is or whatever, instead of just putting her in outright. I mean, she was the first woman to really compete in the sport. So how is she not a Hall of Famer? But Again, I don't have a ballot, so I don't get to have any say, but I could talk forever about the uh, things that I disagree with them as far as how they choose people. Uh, couldn't we all? That's you know, that's that's <laughs> the thing about Hall of Fame discussions is you're never going to make everybody happy. I mean, it's right. that's just the way it goes. So uh, on Sunday out in Richmond, you know, a lot of folks didn't really love to watch that race and a lot of a lot of long green flag runs, not a lot of accidents and crashes. Um, but the last stage, you know, strategically was pretty great racing if you care about strategy racing. So why should people yeah, care I mean, about I- strategy racing? <laughs> Well, because it, it just puts the anything could happen factor in there, right? I mean, when you're watching people run on different strategies, it wasn't necessarily the case this week, but you have things like, are they going to run out of gas? You know, are they are their tires going to wear out? I mean, things that you have no control over and they have no control over and everybody's just sitting there watching to see what happens. And then and also in this case, it's like, well, everybody has enough gas, but with fresher tires, can Denny Hamlin chase down William Byron? And he did, boy, in like 15 laps. I mean, and that's, if everybody's on the same strategy, the guy that's out front is probably the guy that's out front, especially in these next-gen cars. Like, tires make a huge difference. So to see, you know, can somebody do that, that's racing in its purest form, not crashes and, 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 and some of this other stuff, which I know fans, you know, like the, the whole thing of watching people go through crazy crashes and walking away it's that immortality thing but i mean strategy and and tires and passing that that's racing that's racing in its purest form to me oh i definitely agree with you there and there's no question another first time winner and as you said at some point denny hamlin was going to find his way to the front and he did yeah i and i mean he's Boy, I don't know if there's anyone in the garage area that needed to win more than Denny Hamlin, except for maybe Brad Keselowski. I mean, he's a guy that's expected to be in the playoffs. He's made the championship four, four or five years in a row now. 
I mean, he's expected to be up front and in the playoffs, and they were headed down the road that was not up front and in the playoffs. But he's really good at short tracks. I mean, expecting to be good again this weekend at Martinsville, and even though it's on the dirt, he probably is going to be pretty good at Bristol, even though he's not a dirt guy per se. He is a short track guy. And so this little stretch right here could be very good for Denny Hamlin as far as getting his season back on track because he is kind of the poster boy for the Toyotas have struggled. I mean, there's been some guys who've had some pretty good runs. Martin Truck Jr.'s had some runs. He's top five of the points. But as a whole, that organization, that, that manufacturer group has, has not had a good year. That's how it goes sometimes. What can we expect at Martinsville this weekend? Uh, one of my favorite races. I love Martinsville. Um, tempers. <laughs> There's that. Uh, yeah. Tempers and speeding. I mean, Denny Hamlin was front and center of it last year when he got bumped out of the way by Alex Bowman in the fall race. And then there was a year that Denny Hamlin got into it with Kyle or Chase Elliott, uh, Matt Pendis, and Joey Logano. I mean, the list goes on and on. So um, there'll be one guy that walks out of that race happy, and everybody else will be in a fight with somebody when, by the end of the night. Um, I think it'll be like Martin. I think my friend, the crew chief, described it as Martinsville on steroids. I mean, uh, Richmond on steroids. It's going to be like what we thought Richmond on the closer quarters, which is probably going to lead to more spin and a little more action than we saw in Richmond. But Build the ability to pass and uh, and use some strategy if you want to to try to get track position. Here's the fun part: it's a night race. Night races are always more fun, uh, and that's one of the things that makes Richmond's second race good. Is it's it's at night, uh, <laughs> but but yeah, yeah. Uh, and the first time that they're going to race match uh, Cup Series under the lights at Martinsville, it will be the first time ever. Under the lights at yeah. Martinsville and the Blue Emu Maximum Pain Relief 400. You know what that sounds like? Jeremiah Peabody's polyunsaturated, quick-dissolving, fast-acting, fast acting, pleasant-tasting <laughs> green and purple pill. Once again, sort of. Ray Stevens. Although I would not I would not recommend uh, actually ingesting Blue Emu. <laughs> do, do not. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> Heather. Uh, I hate that we have to get you out of here so quickly, but we do have a hard break at this uh, in this segment. But we do appreciate it as always. I really enjoy it, and uh, looking forward to seeing what happens at Martinsville this weekend and talking to you about it next week. Yep, I'll be at the race, so I'll have a Ooh. report from a personal view. So first hand, there we go. Yeah. Heather nope. Williams with WCYB TV out of Bristol with us here on Main Street. I'm Mer- um, sorry, Main Street Sports today. Presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint. When we come back, we're going to go live to South Bend mm-hmm. for some news. Stay with us. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint treats your orthopedic injuries and existing conditions. Our trained physicians will get you back in the game faster. Contact us at 931-381-2663 or www.mtbj.net.
Hey folks, while we take a quick break from the show, I want to tell you about our friends over at Custom Stone Handlers in downtown Columbia. Ed Rich and his team at Custom Stone Handlers believe in leadership. And outside of the military, our greatest leader building platform is sports. Custom Stone Handlers proudly encourages young people to get in the game. You can contact them today at 931-490-4990 or visit customstonehandlers.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods here in Columbia has been outfitting teams, officials, and anybody else from T-ball to college for 50-plus years. Be sure and check them out at 931-388-8060 or online at jonesandlang.com. Jones and Lang Sporting Goods, the look of a winner. Zion Christian Academy, zioneagles.org or 931-388-5731. You can schedule your appointment. Go toward their campus. It is beautiful over there, and you're definitely going to want to see it. Again, it's zioneagles.org. Give them a call, 931-388-5731, and schedule your tour today. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Tennessee. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the TSSAA. Mid-Tennessee Bone and Joint has been the official sports medicine provider for Murray County Schools for more than 40 years. We specialize in orthopedic injuries and our OrthoQuick walk-in service lets you bypass the ER. Visit us online at www.mtbj.net. Tune into a guy that always has a take. It's Casey's Take on Sports Thursdays at noon on Main Street Media Social Channels and wherever you get your podcast. The Titans to the Vols, local high school sports in his own backyard of Dixon and Cheatham counties. It's Casey's Take on Sports dropping each Thursday at noon tomorrow. He'll take on Kansas winning the national championship, a little Tiger Woods conversation, and more. It's Casey's Take on Sports, Thursdays at noon from Main Street Media. Welcome back in Main Street Sports today, presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint, awaiting the beginning of a press conference from South Bend, uh, announcing some more information, I guess, about the Notre Dame-Tennessee State matchup that is set to take place September 2nd, 2023 at Notre Dame Stadium. A lot of folks in the chat not happy if you are Notre Dame fans, uh, this, this is this is pretty impressive. I mean, you know, the, these folks are angry. Uh, the Notre Dame folks? Yes, because they've never played an FCS team before. Yeah, and I mean, that's an interesting matchup to break a non-FCS run against I think I mean obviously TSU is a celebrated HBCU football program traditionally um, the success has not been there of late as an FCS program I'm, yes FCS I'm sorry but you know traditionally again in terms of black college football TSU is one of the standard bearers and I guess that is the tradition that makes Notre Dame TSU a draw. But, I mean, I, I think I can understand if you're a Notre Dame fan who has never played an FCS program, 
the irritation, you know, why now? The heck is this? Yeah, yeah. What what are we doing here? And and that's I think that's the question. What are they doing here? Why what does playing an FCS team benefit Notre Dame? I I don't know how this benefits Notre Dame. You know, and and that's why I think it would be great to get into this press conference and hopefully someone will it. address that because I don't I don't know what Notre Dame games from this. Now obviously for Tennessee State it's a feather in their cap. Uh, I I don't know what other HBCU football program has played a a Notre Dame in an Alabama, a Penn State, a Texas, that kind of thing. So I mean this is this is something and this is something that Eddie George will be able to sell. certainly Jackson State so, which well, I would think this is a direct dig at. You know, this is something well, this that this is a replacement for the for the classic. Is it not? I, I don't is it? It's it's, it's the Labor Day week. It, well yeah. yeah. This is this is a replacement game for the classic. For the Southern Heritage? Yes. So I mean oh, this Oh, is, you don't want to play us? That's fine. We'll, we'll go just play go Notre to Notre Dame. Dame. Yeah. And it's again, it's something that Eddie George and his staff can go sell in a number of living rooms Absolutely. here over the next year. Son, I don't know who you're talking to, but I guarantee you ain't none of them playing at Notre Dame. <laughs> There's zero question there. So, you know, I mean, um, you can sell that. Absolutely, you can. And it was ironic because the. One of the Twitter accounts that we follow, 28th and Jefferson, is phenomenal. But he, he said, I say he he or she, I'm not sure who is behind the account. Uh, the account tweeted. Well, since since we are addressing equity later in the show, <laughs> yeah. that's probably a good no idea. idea. <laughs> but the account tweeted that, you know, it, it was weird to get two press releases back to back, one of which asking would they pref- would fans be okay with turf at Hell Stadium? And then to get, you know, by the way, we're going to be playing Notre Dame. And I said, well, turf paid for. <laughs> got to pay for the turf somehow. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think it's a great thing for Tennessee State. I, I do think that Tennessee State is trying to bring the big time to them, right? Make the big time Make where the big you time are. Where you are. Yeah. And that's, that's well, and, what Eddie George brings to you as well. And trying to raise. Their visibility, especially in a <laughs> in a dying conference. Absolutely. Even even with the new configuration of Big South slash Ohio Valley Conference, TSU's got to do some things to to keep themselves relevant until the winning comes. In particular, yeah, no question. And <laughs> I just asked in in the, in the live chat, do, do y'all got clocks up there? <laughs> What time is this 2.30 press conference, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, we're still waiting on the press conference to begin. But, again, I, this is – I don't think that if, you know, and, and all due respect to Coach Reed, Coach Reed's not getting this done. They're not playing at Notre Dame if Rod Reed is the coach. Sadly true. I mean, um, you know, 
You got to use what you got to get what you want. I mean, Eddie George is a he's a celebrity. He he's a guy. He's he's nationally recognized name. You know, he played at Ohio State. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He played for the Tennessee Titans. Um, he is a name that people know, you know, from coast to coast. And hopefully that's going to be something that Tennessee State can take advantage of in a number of situations. And certainly that was the case in getting a game at Notre Dame for the 2023 football season. Um, and again, hopefully it can be the case in some living rooms here over the next while as well as they try to increase the ta- talent level. Let's go. Let's go to South Bend now for the press conference. Uh, the bands, the game, and and it had always been a goal to try and bring some of that here if we could figure out a way to do it. As you know, our scheduling matrix is so complicated that you're always sort of trying to find that opportunity, and it happened to present itself with the way this year's schedule worked out. And so when we saw the opportunity, uh, we were thrilled when we reached out that Dr. Glover and Dr. Allen and Eddie all were enthused about the the opportunity. I can't thank them enough, Father Jenkins as well, um, and of course, um, Marcus and Ron Paulus, who played a lead role in putting it together for us. It was, it was a lot of people coming together very quickly to take advantage of the opportunity, and I think it's going to be a really special day for the University of Notre Dame and our program. Dr. Allen, go ahead. Yes, and so first of all, I want to thank uh, Jack and, and Notre Dame officials for hosting us here today. Uh, this is a special moment. Uh, it's a special moment in the college uh, landscape uh, because you have a first, and it's the first time that uh, this historic program, Notre Dame, will be playing an HBCU institution and an FCS institution. And so what that means to us is that, you know, we have an opportunity to really expose uh, our brand. Uh, it's an iconic brand. Uh, it's filled with a lot of history. Uh, we have a lot of passionate fans. Uh, we have a, a dynamic band. Uh, so there's a, a huge entertainment value when you talk about Tennessee State University, not only as an HBCU, but as a collegiate sports program. Uh, when you think about some of the icons, uh, you, you, names such as Richard Dent, uh, Joe Gilliam, uh, Ed Tutal Jones, and then we know that uh, Notre Dame has their own share of icons, <laughs> right? And so the house that Newt Rockney built, Jerome Bettis, and I grew up a fan, right? Chris Zorch, and, and so many memories were built and, and, and shared here at this iconic venue. And so when our kids have an opportunity to play on September the 2nd, 2023, uh, they'll be ecstatic. Uh, but they'll be able to showcase what we do at Tennessee State University. And when we hired Coach Eddie George, uh, I knew we had someone that was uh, a high-character individual, a football mind, but someone that was going to really change our program, change the trajectory of our program, and get us back to a championship level because he pours into our young men. And, you know, being part of that journey as the director of athletics it's phenomenal to see every day. And so this game, again, is huge for our program. Uh, so many people are a part of this, making this happen. Uh, you all have a young, bright coach that I know is going to lead this program back to national prominence, and it's going to be a special day in college sports. So that's my remarks. 
Thank you very much. We'll now open the question and answer portion. Media members, please raise your hand and we'll get you the mic. We ask you to state your name, your affiliation, and who you're directing your question to. So please raise your hand. We'll get you a mic. We'll start up front. Patrick, go ahead. Oh, Patrick. Patrick Engel, Blue and Gold Illustrated. For either Eddie or Marcus, how much did the, uh, I guess, Ohio State connection or however you guys might have crossed paths because of that kind of play into this or, or your guys' kind of hand in getting this to happen? Well, it, again, it's it's going to be, I think, a storyline that both of us played Ohio State, but this is so much bigger than Ohio State. This is about Notre Dame and its first opportunity to play in HBCU, and I think it's uh, that's where our focus is going to be, obviously, as a football program, um, and, and that's um, something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, uh, it had nothing to do with it at all. Uh, I, don't th- I don't think me and Marcus never really talked about um, playing each other based off of Ohio State. It's just uh, it's coincidence. Um, you know, when I got wind that we were going to play Notre Dame, immediately I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know? But when I really uh, looked at the opportunity for uh, our kids to come to this uh, university and have an opportunity to play in a national stage, um, to show um, really the nation what Tennessee State is all about holistically, you know, the colleges, the pageantry, our tradition, our rich history, uh, not just in football, but just as a university, um, was a wonderful opportunity. Um, and it, it's, it's, it's bigger than that, you know. Uh, so it's not often that you have a chance. It's the first time it's been done to have a chance to compete against the best. And we preach that we want to play the best anytime, anywhere. And um, it's just a wonderful opportunity that presented itself, and I'm glad that uh, we made it happen. And then, Marcus, for you, for this kind of historic game and Notre Dame's long history to happen under your watch, what does that mean to you as being a black head coach here? It's a a huge honor, right, in that um, I understand I'm a representation for many others, you know, and I think this game represents opportunities for, for all individuals. And so... Um, it's a great honor, and, and I couldn't be uh, more grateful for Jack and Father Jenkins for putting this thing together. And uh, um, but but I take it with the utmost respect and utmost uh, appreciation for this opportunity. Mike, you're up next. All right, Mike Berardino, South Bend Tribune. Uh, Jack, uh, I'm sure there are plenty of opportunities, plenty of potential HBCUs that you could have considered. Did you come? Did you engage in, in those talks with any of the other options, or because of your history with Tennessee State, this was the one? Maybe that first. No, it it, um, it involved first some research about the state of programs, and you know, I, I had no idea how many national championships they had won. And you see that number, and you, you say, "Oh, this is a pretty good match." You know, this they won more than we have, um, and some of the iconic people who played for them. But but I'll tell you the thing that struck me the most as we considered our options was the trajectory of this program. I mean, what, what they're achieving, whether it's the evaluation of adding hockey in partnership with the Preds and the NHL, the, the, the investments they're making into the football program, it just felt right that, that this, this was a program in the right position at the right time to do it. And, and we're really excited about the additional programming we think we can do around this game. Um, I think I think there's opportunities for our presidents to do some things together, faculty, certainly the bands beyond halftime. We got to take advantage of that. So it's it's just a great opportunity, and they just felt like the perfect partner that they could make it work was was just fortuitous for us. 
And then the MLK Day experience with Howard, how much did that even uh, spur this? Uh... So there you have it. Now we know why Tennessee State. That kind of answered one of our questions. TSU has more national championships than Notre Dame. There you go. <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm. You'll have to look to see when the last one was. So. <laughs> yeah, couldn't tell you. Then again, you'd it's, have to look to see when the last Notre Dame national championship was. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> it yeah. might have been the same year. You're, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I was interested to hear the name Ron Paul, Paulus mentioned in that um, press conference. I'm not sure what he's doing these days at Notre Dame or elsewhere, but I actually got to cover him a game that he played in his senior year at Berwick High School in Berwick, Pennsylvania when I was on loan up at USA Today. So, interesting. Ah, well, let's take a break. Halftime will be short and sweet, but we'll get to it. So, stick around. Main Street Sports Day presented by Mid-Tennessee Bone & Joint. Back at you after this. 